2: Live from our nation's capital. This
1: budget thing is going to do nothing.
3: Space Force, I still think it's interesting. President Trump not playing his cards yet. Headlines, policy,
2: and politics colliding. Sound on with Kevin Cirilli. The insiders, the influencers, the insights.
3: I would rather see a congressional solution. It's part of my DNA.
2: The
0: Senate map in 2020 looks a lot different than it looked in 2018.
4: You really have a divide within
5: Team Trump. The president has to do exactly what people sent him here to do, which is to get it done.
2: This is Sound On. With Kevin Cyrillic on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore.
3: Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin is headed with Bob Lighthizer of the U.S. Trade Representative to Beijing next week. The latest on U.S.-China trade talks this hour as more fallout between President Trump and Venezuela There was a press conference earlier today at the Rose Garden, President Trump appearing with President Bolsonaro of Brazil, the Brazilian president. And the shadow of the Chinese really casting itself in the Rose Garden because of how much Brazil is starting to shift their own policy away from the Chinese and toward The U.S. We're going to dive into all of that and, of course, more from GM, the closing of their Lordstown, Ohio plant, laying off thousands of workers. We've got Dave Green of the United Auto Workers. He's already on hold. The president has tweeted against him within the last 48 hours. He's caught in the middle between Mary Barra at GM and President Trump. He's going to give us the latest on how all of this Twitter escalation and the fallout from GM is impacting workers on the ground in Ohio. We have an all-star panel with us ready to go in studio. Matt Mowers, former senior White House advisor for the State Department. And I believe this is one of his first interviews he's he's given since he's gotten out uh, of the administration. He's also the president of Matt Mower's LLC. Jennifer Holdsworth is Democratic strategist uh, and also a former advisor to Representative Seth Moulton. But first, Senator Sherrod Brown, Democrat from Ohio, was on CNN earlier today uh, and said that President Trump, quote, finally woke up and acts like he wants to do something, end quote uh this is of course pertaining to the closure of General Motors Lordstown Ohio plant if you're in Ohio this is a key battleground area uh and president trump has been on a twitter tirade in recent days against uh, ceo of uh general motors mary barra for the closure of this plant and he also had some some uh some tweets For Dave Green, who is one of the local leaders of the local union, uh, he tweeted out, Democrat UAW Local uh, 1112 President David Green ought to get his act together and produce. GM let our country down, but other much better car companies are coming into the U.S. in droves. I want action on Lordstown fast. Stop complaining. And get the job done well. Uh, Dave Green joins us on the telephone line from Ohio. Uh, David, I really appreciate you calling in. I know this is a very busy day for you. Uh, he's of the United Auto Workers Association, and so I guess first of all, what what is your response a day later, and what has your day been like following the president's latest tweets?
5: Well, it's kind of a, a amazing how one person can send a tweet out like that and, you know, create such a firestorm. Um, I, You know, in response to, you know, the specific allegations, look, I obviously the president doesn't know me. I'm a local union president. Uh, I'm an administrator. I have no bargaining power here. And, you know, my, my concern has just been for our members and trying to get them through the difficult situation they're going through right now.
3: David Green is the president of the United Auto Workers local chapter uh, impacted directly in Ohio by the closure of that General Motors Lordstown uh, plant. Every politician weighing in on this yesterday on the program, we had Congressman Tim Ryan on. And I'm curious, David, whether or not the Trump or whether or not President Trump or the Trump campaign has reached out to you following that tweet. Has anyone from Trump's orbit reached out to you since then?
5: No, they haven't reached out to me at all. Um, I, you know, also sent President Trump a letter back in July, and then another one in February um, of this year, kind of uh, letting them know, hey, we got this situation here in a community that can really use some support. He came here and, and kind of campaigned on a lot of promises, so I, I was kind of expecting at least a generic response from you know the White House, and I still have have yet to receive.
3: And you never got a response. No. no, no response. And, and you know what I find interesting is President Trump is actually going to be in Ohio tomorrow. Do you think there's any chance at all? And do you think that he should visit Lordstown tomorrow?
5: Well, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> that's entirely up to him. I don't know what his schedule's like. I know I have a very busy day. I actually am working in the plant again yeah. now, so um, we're we're still having some work done in there, packing up uh, parts for service, parts for the vehicle. So, you know, I, like I got to work all day and then do added work after work. So, um, yeah, I hope he rides by and, and, and looks at the community.
3: But seriously, I mean, do you think he should? I mean, do you think it would be wise for him to show up in Lordstown tomorrow?
5: Well, you know, I, again, I... <laughs> Yeah, come on out, take a ride, look around. Um, Our our community is, uh, you know, they struggle here. 48% of the working people in Trumbull County are eligible for government assistance. These are people who have jobs. And when almost half the people that have jobs, you know, are eligible for government assistance, the system here is broken.
3: Wow. Absolutely. David Green is the president of the local chapter in Lordstown, Ohio, which is the battleground, folks, battleground zero, ground zero of the populist uh, and economic tides of change uh, here in America. You know, we, we were talking about whether or not President Trump, who has been tweeting against David Green, uh, as well as CEO Mary Barra of General Motors, and whether or not uh, any Republicans have reached out in the administration. But I'm curious, other than uh, uh, Beto O'Rourke and, and Congressman Tim Ryan, have you heard from any of the other Democratic presidential candidates at all in, in, since this, or even recently?
5: No, I haven't. I mean, Senator Sherrod Brown has reached out. Um, he's been a huge advocate for us and, and for working folks, and so, you know, he's always been there. Congressman Tim Ryan, you know, obviously, again, uh, has been extremely supportive. Um, he was the first one at the Union Hall the day of the announcement in November, just trying to get our members through what was going on.
3: And so, just to, to to wrap it up, I know you're still at the plant. And I know you've got a a really busy busy uh, uh, afternoon, but in terms of the political message of this, and it's not politics. People just lost their jobs. These are their livelihoods. It's how they define themselves. This is there. There's a a standard of work here. So, and I'm I'm very sympathetic uh, to to that argument and and to that fact, to be candid. But here we are. President Trump is headed there tomorrow to Ohio, just across town, across the state, and he's going to be talking about jobs, and he's going to be talking in in particular about manufacturing jobs. Uh, And as you know, this is a president who really the crux of his entire economic message, a a large portion of it, is rooted in manufacturing. So in in states like Ohio, which the president carried in the last 2016 cycle, it's also a state that Senator Sherrod Brown won by more than 20 percentage points. What should the message be, or what's your message to politicians who are campaigning directly for the votes of voters who might have voted for previous President Barack Obama and now and crossed over to vote for President Trump? How should they be making their pitch to Lordstown?
5: So people in, in, in this area want to talk about jobs. So when the president came here and talked about jobs, obviously— um, he got a lot of support because that's exactly what we're uh, lagging behind the rest of the nation. And uh, I, I think it's important for politicians to talk about working across the aisle, but working together. Because you're right, this isn't necessarily a political issue. This is a human rights issue, and pe- and there's dignity in work, and people need to have that and and recognize that. And and it's not going to happen. Um, If the Republicans and Democrats are just going to throw stones back and forth at one another, I I really hope they can sit down and work on some policies that will encourage businesses and and, and help businesses uh, stay here in the USA so workers can work.
3: All right, I got one more question for you. Just like I'm not trying to make light of any situation, but this has happened to me once since covering then-candidate Donald Trump, where uh, he retweeted one of my tweets on my phone. I literally thought my phone was going to go busted. What <laughs> happens when President Trump tweets at you? I mean, did you have, did did you get a new cell phone charger? Like, I'm not, I'm serious.
5: Yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. The the phone has blown up. My emails have blown up. Um, I've gotten you know support messages, hate messages. Uh, it's really kind of incredible, uh, you know, the, the power that that one tweet has um, and, and, and getting people to, like, respond and react to it.
3: All right, David Green, he's the president of the United Auto Workers uh, in, in uh, Lordstown, Ohio. He's still at the plant. We appreciate you uh, calling in. Coming up, we're going to have much more on social media fallout. Get this, Devin Nunez is suing Twitter why? Well, we'll take a look why. All-Star panel also to react to what we heard from David Green and, of course, to take us through the U.S.-China trade talks. Matt Mowers and Jennifer Holdsworth are in studio. You can download the Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. And you can also find us on Radio.com and iHeartRadio. I'm Kevin Cirilli. You are listening to Bloomberg 99.1.
2: You're listening to Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore.
3: China's going very well. Talks with China going very well. Thank you, everybody. Talks with China are going very well, but it kind of really depends on who you ask. I've got sources who tell me it's going good. Sources who tell me not so good. We'll find out next week. I'm Kevin Cirilli. Bloomberg News chief Washington correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio and next week Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin and US Trade Representative Bob Lighthizer are headed to China but did, but get the I mean I was just at the White House for that press conference where the president made that remark and we'll dive into who he was speaking with coming up with the Brazilian president but sticking on China he made that remark when we started this day we had a bombshell report that China essentially said they were no longer going to purchase the boeing seven thirty seven Max family airplanes folks the u s this is boeing 's top selling plane of course it 's been wrapped up in this this firestorm of, of of scandal following the two crashes of the boeing uh, max eight of of the seven thirty seven family and uh, following the Ethiopian crash just over. A week ago, the second crash of this airliner in as little as five months. And now the Chinese are saying they might not purchase it. Well, this aircraft family is Boeing's top earner. So it would be a massive, devastating blow should uh, should the the Chinese not carry through their deliveries with this particular airline craft. So it's just the latest data point in the U.S.-China trade talks Uh, with no end in sight in terms of where it will go. And President Trump and President Xi Jinping still do not have a date on the books for when they will meet. Matt Mowers is former senior White House advisor for the State Department and president of Matt Mowers LLC. Jennifer Holdsworth is a Democratic strategist uh, and MWWPR senior vice president of issues management. She's also worked for... uh, Congressman Seth Moulton, and former New Jersey State Director for Hillary for America. So we, we we thank both of them for coming on. Matt, all right, you just got out of the State Department when, like last month?
4: Last week, last uh, week. Uh,
3: wow. Yeah, last, this is last, quick. So, okay, so I'll just ask, what's going on with the U.S.-China trade talks?
4: Well, you know, look, as, as President Trump and President Xi announced in Buenos Aires last December, um, you know, both sides are cognizant and excited about Uh, really renegotiating and resetting the trade relationship between our two countries. Um, You know, Trade Representative Lighthizer and Secretary Mnuchin will be back out in China in the coming weeks. Um, And both sides seem optimistic. Um, However, I think, as has been demonstrated in the past... Um, a month or so, the president's not going to just accept a deal for the sake of a deal. Well, he's
3: not going to accept a deal if they're not going to buy Boeing planes.
4: Well, it, it's got to be all-encompassing, right? We have to talk about uh, intellectual property rights. We have to talk about cyber theft. We have to talk about forced tech transfers. I mean, so this this is going to be an all encompassing um, discussion, I think Boeing is certainly going to be a component of that a major and, component and and you know look, I, I think you also see not to not to digress over into boeing you 're seeing the Trump administration recognize that more efforts have to be taken uh, to regulate um, and, and you know uh, Boeing in this case and actually review what happened here. Um, and, but that's all going to tie into these trade negotiations and will be a big part of the conversation. Matt
3: Mowers just left the State Department last week. Suddenly he finds himself in a Bloomberg studio. He's with us for the hour. Jennifer Holdsworth, all right, I mean there's no way President Trump can ink a deal with President Xi if they're not going to buy Boeing planes.
6: No, they're not. But this is also a symptom of the fraud that was perpetrated during the 2016 Trump campaign. Wow. Right. This is this is the fraud that is the Trump campaign. And I say that sitting a foot away from somebody that I have a tremendous amount of love and respect for. Both of you are from Jersey. Fellow Jerseyite. uh, It's getting Jersey (laughs) up in here today. (laughs) I'll keep my hand gestures to myself. Nobody can see them. Um, But, you know, I. President Trump can make all the best deals, and he has all the best words and all the best hair. But as we can see, he cannot actually close a deal, let alone not with President Xi, who is running circles around him. But, but look, this is nuanced. I think that you see Democrats not actually towing a company line on this. They're all over the spectrum because there's a lot more to this than just the Boeing planes. That's going to be a piece of it. But there is more to understanding the psyche and how to get this deals done that the president just does not understand. Well,
3: see, what I... Well, go ahead, Matt.
4: I was just going to say, you know, I have a lot of respect for Jennifer as uh, well. Let me all right, put let's that take on off the, the political. Come on, everybody respects. Jersey runs strong. Delco runs strong. The, the, the fact of the matter is that administrations of both parties have been letting China get away with highway robbery for decades now. Um, whether it's you know going into the WTO, TO, cheating on trade rules, Donald Trump is the first president who is actually taking seriously. Um, China as an economic competitor and wants to ensure that there's a level playing field for both American businesses um, and it's a reciprocal trade relation.
3: So the latest data points in the last 24 hours, we we talked about how the Chinese are now reportedly saying they might not buy these or they might not carry through with their deliveries of these Boeing planes, which by the way uh, are, are there, the investigation is still ongoing, uh, and the FAA is sorting through all of this. There's a lot of questions, not just for Boeing, not just for the FAA, but international regulators. Remember that it's international regulators who oversee each airline in their jurisdiction. They train the pilots of these airlines. Uh, but then there's this other, other uh, fascinating development, which is that Chinese, the Chinese have reportedly also agreed to like triple their agricultural Purchases—that's a big boom for at Flyover Country, as we refer to it uh, here in, in the political chatter world. But it, 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 that would significantly impact the the coalition that President Trump politically is trying to help. No, Jim.
6: Yeah, it would. Look, uh, there's this misnomer out there that we're rooting against the president just to see him fail, and that's just not the case. I want to see a deal succeed. I, I think what you said is correct. I think that China has been taking complete advantage of the United States and the world in terms of a lot of these trade, deal, trade deals, and they need to be fixed. I don't have a lot of confidence that this president's going to be able to fix it.
3: All right, coming up, we're going to dive into why it might help flyover country, but Brazil might not like the tripling of these agricultural purchases from China because they would lose out on business. It is a shifting geopolitical chess match. And Matt Maurer stays, Jennifer Holdsworth stays, Jersey Strong here on Sound On. You can download the Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com and iHeartRadio. I'm Kevin Cirilli. You are listening to Bloomberg 991.
0: Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at QuickBooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time.
2: This is Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore.
3: I'm Kevin Cirilli, Bloomberg News Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. We were talking earlier about General Motors, and then, of course, uh, the president is headed to Ohio tomorrow. We have Dave Green on. He's the local union uh, leader in Lordstown, Ohio. General Motors has shut down that plant. The president doesn't like that. He's headed to Ohio tomorrow. Politicians on every side of the aisle weighing in. And then we were talking about U.S. and China trade talks. All of this is so interconnected. And as my friend and mentor, Tom Keene of Bloomberg Surveillance, always tells me, don't mush together all of the different stories of the day. You've got to keep them separate. And it's hard on a day like this to do that because so many of these shifting trade stories really are just pieces of a broader, broader puzzle. So we talked about GM. We talked about U.S.-China trade talks, and I want to get to what happened at the White House earlier today in the Rose Garden because President Trump hosted uh, the Brazilian president, Bolsonaro. And stylistically, folks, these two are uh, two peas in a pod, for for lack of a better language. I don't even know what I did there. But but stylistically, they're very, very similar, and they're both outspoken. At one point during the press conference, I had like those – there's translator headphones on. And I, I, I had to like – I thought I misheard because truly President Bolsonaro of Brazil quoted Ronald Reagan. It was surreal. But there I am in the Rose Garden listening to the Brazilian president, which really in the past they haven't really gotten along with the United States. But now they are. And President Trump even said that he maybe one day would like to see Brazil join NATO and even seem supportive of Brazil joining the OECD. All of this comes during international trade talks, but also with the situation in Venezuela. It's why we are so thrilled, truly thrilled, to have Matt Mowers, former senior White House advisor for the State Department. He left the State Department last week, and I believe this is like your first
4: first interview. The, the first interview. The
3: first You interview. scored it, Kevin. I, sc- I scored That's right. the first interview. No, we really appreciate it, though. Uh, he's with us for the hour in studio. He knows a thing or two about Venezuela. Grew up in Venezuela.
4: I did live there, yeah. For
3: like three months. It was, it was a
4: short period of time. But, but you know, you know, it was pretty Chavez. It's a beautiful country. Wow. Beautiful country. I uh, mean, it's so sad what's happened there.
3: It really is. Jennifer Holdsworth is a Democratic strategist. Uh, she's an SVP of Issues Management at... Uh, M-W-W-P-R. She also worked for Congressman Seth Moulton and directed the state of New Jersey for Hillary for America. All right, Matt, so so guide us through what we heard from President Bolsonaro today, as well as the relationship with President Trump. It would appear that the president, both presidents, said that they're on the same page when it comes to Venezuela.
4: Yeah, and uh, they are. In fact, actually, you've really seen a strong level of cooperation between um, President Trump as well as President Bolsonaro, President Duque from Colombia. Um, uh, President Macri from Argentina on both security and economic issues. And, you know, the situation in Venezuela is so sad, like you talked about. You know, I lived there um, before. uh, Chavez was in office and actually was down in Bogota last year working on the humanitarian response to the regional crisis. Um, It's going to take a regional solution. Um, Brazil has stepped up to the plate in a lot of ways. They provided funding. They provide humanitarian support. Uh, for Venezuelan Venezuelans who have left their country because of the deteriorating conditions. Um, but it's going to take a lot of allies, and I think the president's willing to stand with our allies in the Western Why the
3: shift? Why, why did Brazil shift? Because there was a time when Brazil wasn't cooperating with the U.S.
4: Well, you, you know, President Bolsonaro just got elected, and like you alluded to, you know, he is um, a strong ally uh, with President Trump. Also, they're very similar ideologically. He's doing a lot of the same things that President Trump's trying to do here in the U.S. He's trying to in, reinvigorate their economy. Um, but, you know, these are two uh, leaders who you saw today stand shoulder to shoulder on the issue of is standing up to socialism in in the region.
3: Yeah, that was interesting at the press conference. Jennifer Holdsworth, Democratic strategist, of course. Socialism, go to the <laughs> go to Jen. Um, but there was one point where where he said, you know, President Trump said, you know, he wants to end socialism in Venezuela. With that was a direct uh, comment to dictator Maduro, who, by the way, Speaker Nancy Pelosi has also come out against, as well as virtually every NATO ally. Uh, and as Matt mentioned in the region, Brazil, Argentina, and other countries countries. countries uh, in support of interim president Juan Guaido, who was chosen by the Congress down in Venezuela. But Maduro is still hanging on. Uh, But when the president says socialism in a Rose Garden press conference, and then in the same breath said, truly same breath said, and we want to end socialism uh, in the United States as well, that's got to make you cringe.
6: Um, it makes me crazy for two reasons. Um, number one, because the president has our goat on this. We've got really? we've got a lot of members of our own party who are you know uh, you know expounding the virtues of socialism and trying to give you know trying to perform an academic exercise about the difference between you know democratic socialism and actual socialism. Um, you know what I'm not willing to seat on is that Venezuela has also dealt with dictators for the past 20 years. You know you've got Chavez and Maduro and, and and that's what happens when you have a dictator. Um, you know, this is the kind of society that 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 happens as a result of that. So, you know, I think that this entire situation is making for some incredibly strange bedfellows. Like you said, there's yeah. not a lot of daylight between Nancy Pelosi and President Trump on this issue, which, which rarely happens. But, you know, I think that, that the Democrats are also gonna take the, you know, take the president to task if, you know, there's certain deals that aren't made. Look, I, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, insult the Brazilian's president ideological, you know, um, uh, views here, but there's a lot of good that can come from these new conversations like I was reading today that, you know, they talked about having U.S. space launches from Brazil. And, yeah. and, and this is positive stuff that can come from these conversations as long as the president can keep his focus on this and not just try to dig at Democrats but, in his Rose Garden speech.
4: But, Jennifer, let's not forget, though, that one of the leaders for the Democratic nomination in your party is Bernie Sanders, who just came out today that he hired a speechwriter who actually wrote in a piece on Slate that praising the Chavez economic miracle. So this is a party whose whose leaders right now are not um, united um, against socialism in Venezuela. And in fact, many of them are, are supportive of it. All Your right. thought leader is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who said that the U.S. Uh, shouldn't be involved in Venezuela right You're now.
6: not going to get much of an argument from me on that. You called her a thought leader. She may be a leader, but there's not much thought behind oh, wow, it. wow.
3: Burn. Okay. Well, listen, Justice Democrats are welcome on the show. AOC is welcome on the show. We talk to everyone on Sound On. And coming up, we're going to stay with 2020. We're also going to dive a little bit more into the situation in Venezuela. What does having dictator Maduro Clinging to power with his military mean for U.S. foreign policy could potentially there be U.S. boots on the ground. Panel stays Matt Mowers, Jennifer Holdsworth. You can download the Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg business app. You can also find me as well as my colleagues Tom Keane, Jonathan Farrow, uh, and others on uh, Radio.com and iHeartRadio. I'm Kevin Cerilli. You're listening to Bloomberg 991.
2: This is Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore.
3: President Trump delivered a brief press conference today with Brazilian President Bolsonaro. They were talking about ways in which the U.S. and Brazil can work together on economic issues as well as on foreign policy venezuela of course the top issue in terms of the deteriorating situation with the former dictator there maduro still aligned with the uh, socialist countries uh, uh, military this is the interim president that has been recognized virtually universally or universal universally by uh u.s allies by speaker nancy pelosi president trump uh is trying to be the interim president, but Maduro is still hanging on. Uh, Matt Mowers just left the State Department. Now he's out uh, with his own company, Matt Mowers LLC. Uh, he's with us for the, for the hour. Jennifer Holdsworth is a Democratic strategist. She's with us here, too, in front of the program. Uh, Matt, I want to play for you what President Trump had to say about the potential of more additional sanctions for Venezuela if Maduro still sticks around. Here's President Trump. At some point, uh, I would imagine uh, things will change. But we really haven't done the really tough sanctions yet. We can do the tough sanctions, and all options are open, so we may be doing that. So you, having left the State Department just last week, what, what are what, where does this go? What are the tougher sanctions? Yeah,
4: and you, you actually just saw Secretary Mnuchin from uh, the Treasury Department announce in the past day additional sanctions against a Venezuelan gold mining company. Um, and, and what's going to happen is once yeah, and oil is, on, oil is certainly on the table. There's already been some limited sanctions on oil, but um, not broad-based ones. But let, let's not forget, Maduro is currently being propped up by economic uh, uh, investments from Russia, from China, from Turkey, from Cuba. Um, and, and those are only going to end if the U.S. remains vigilant and strong and increases um, pressure through sanctions. As soon as uh, the Russians and the Chinese pull the plug Maduro, he's gone. There is no one else ha- who has his back.
3: You know, I thought it was interesting as well. I mean, we were talking about how stylistically, uh, just how similar President Trump is with uh, President Bolsonaro, and it, it was interesting because uh, his old his son was in the audience. I don't know if you got if you saw this, but but President Bolsonaro of of Brazil is there, and his his sons in the audience, his adult son, and and like during the press conference, President Trump we're in the rose garden president trump says hey i want to i want to give a shout out essentially to to the pre, to you know the brazilian president's son who has been doing a great job and you know and he stood up and and had everyone had all the brazilians Officials in the White House, Kellyanne Conway, who was, by the way, there. There's been a lot of reports about whether or not President Trump and Kellyanne are getting along. She was in the Rose Garden today, uh, as was U.S. Trade Representative Bob Lighthizer. But stylistically, they're like the same person. And he got another question, President Trump, from a Daily Caller reporter about – Uh, The issue of social media and all of this talk about how big tech is going to be regulated. And the president was asked to weigh in on Congressman Devin Nunez, a Republican from California, and this $250 million lawsuit against Twitter. Did you hear about this, Jennifer? I mean, Devin Nunez is suing Twitter for $250 million because he says – uh, that that they had made parody accounts and there was defi- defamation, uh, and, and, and 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 all of this. And the president was asked to weigh in about whether or not he agreed, and he said he didn't really take a position, but he said something has to be done. What do you make of 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 just where big tech is now, Jennifer Holdsworth? As you've got. Congressman oh. Nunez suing <laughs> suing Twitter. Where was the lawsuit after that?
6: Well, my, my parents are going to be really proud right now because I'm going to take my law degree out for a spin and actually use it. Oh. Um, you know, so there's a little thing called the Communications Decency Act, which is going to uh, preempt this challenge right here because it doesn't allow for third-party content hosts to be held responsible for the content that is posted right so um you know twitter hosts other people's content now i think that there is a question uh about whether that content can be regulated or not but but by whom? There's also First Amendment issues here. The president of all people should be defending Twitter with his last breath because it's essentially how he came to be president. On the other hand, you've got candidates like Elizabeth Warren who are full-throatedly calling for the regulation of tech companies in Silicon Valley. She's essentially, you know, calling them conglomerates. Right, um, she I thinks wanna, they need to be broken up. So I think this is going to become a bigger conversation.
3: I want to play for you what, what Congressman Nunez had to say about, about his loss here he is.
5: how is it possible that i can be attacked relentlessly hundreds of times a day by fake
4: accounts that they claim in their terms of service should not be there
3: okay david green who called in he was the the democrat from ohio lordstown ohio who told me his phone was blowing up after the president t- twitter attacked him maybe he should join devin nunez's
4: lawsuit matt well, well i'll tell you both sides um are beginning to look at at these tech companies, and they do have to do more. I'll tell you, when I was at the State Department, uh, one of the issues that we looked at was actually regulation of content used for violent extremists um, and recruitment. recruitment. It's and, insane, you know. And and really, Facebook, Twitter, Google, all of them have to do a lot more to uh, police the content that's being um, put on their their sites because it is being utilized to drag kids into um, extremist groups and gangs and and other organizations. So it's you know they've got to get their act together. Hopefully, they know that because right now, I think you're looking at um, two sides from from different uh, perspectives, President Trump and Elizabeth Warren uh, similarly agreeing that something has to be done. Something
3: this. has to be done, and especially with this New Zealand attack, and Facebook waited. I think it was 17 or 17 minutes before th- this was live broadcast mm-hmm. on Facebook. Live bro- and broadcast is the appropriate term for this because they, these these platforms is where I mean I get my check. Social media, Twitter, to see what what's on news and 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 whatnot. And, and you mentioned Senator Elizabeth Warren that she's put out a policy proposal on this to break up big tech. Uh, Republicans uh, like Congressman Nunez they're they're launching lawsuits. Eduardo was the Brazilian president's son's name. I could not remember it. Eduardo Bolsonaro was in the Rose Garden, and by the way, he was spotted down in Palm Beach, West Palm, at Mar a Lago earlier Shocking. this year. Uh, so. It was it was interesting to see. They have so I'm telling you, President Bolsonaro of Brazil and President Trump so much in common. It's it's really canny. I'm wondering, though, as we make this comparison, who are the Democrats? I mean, like the the socialism angle, I, I see you, Jennifer Holdsworth. And you hear, I thought Senator Warren last night. I know she wouldn't call herself a socialist. I thought she did pretty well at that CNN town hall.
6: She did. She did very well. I think she overperformed. Um, Kirsten Gillibrand also, um, you know, was on a, a, a town hall on MSNBC, um, and and I think that they both did well. So yeah, I, I think you are going to see my party have a lot of conversations, uh, you know, in the primary leading up to 2020 about where we are ideologically. And, you know, I think it's all over the spectrum. But there's not, a, not as much difference between all of us as there is between us and President Trump. So I think that you're, you know, really? there's going to be a lot of palace intrigue in the media about who's sniping at who and, and, you know, sort of intra-family dispute. But on the other hand, I think you're going to see a lot of the fire unite and, and focus more towards the president.
3: Matt, quickly, who gives you the most pause on the on the left to run against? You've got literally like 10 seconds.
4: I would love if they nominate uh, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. They'd be a great <laughs> ticket. Jennifer, I'm not in the position of advising right. Democrats, but they'd be We're going to
3: leave it there. Matt Mowers in his first interview, fresh out of the State Department. Appreciate you coming on. He left the State Department last week. And Jennifer Holdsworth, Democratic strategist. Appreciate the time. I'm Kevin Cirilli. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1.